Let's get into it. I am doing something new today for those of you guys listening through Apple or Spotify. I've got an Instagram live set up. Um, so questions might be coming in. I'm not just going to be listening to the voices in my head and answering those questions or commenting on it. It's actually people from the live group. So I'm going to just jump right into this one, you guys. I My son's eight years old. He is incredible. He's one of my favorite people in the world. He does things now that even though I'm his father and I'm an adult that I look up to that I respect and we're very close. You know, we have nicknames for each other. He's my best team. He tells me that I'm his best team and you know, it's incredible. It's amazing. Like I share a lot with this podcast and through social media, I had to overcome a lot to get to this place. And that's what this story is today. This story is about how I had to win back my son. And so, oh, what's up, cornbread? Yeah, everybody listening on the podcast is going to be like, who the hell is he talking to? It's again, the voices in my head, people. All right, so my wife and I, when my son was like six months old, I was totally cold to him and I I didn't really want to take care of him. I had already bonded with my daughter, you know, whatever he needed, even as a baby was not a priority for me that I had so much fear and I had so much shame that went into my relationship with him in his first years of life. It was it was just so weird. And you guys, this is going to be, this is super raw for me. So I'm going to be fumbling around a little bit. And I just want you to understand the vulnerability that I'm coming to you all with right now. Um, but I want to tell you how all that started, this awkwardness, this not really paying attention to and not like really genuinely caring for my son. When <laughs> my wife, when we had sex and she got pregnant with him, um, our daughter was just just a year old. My wife wanted to go back to school. She didn't want to get pregnant again. And she didn't have her birth control pills. She hadn't um, upped her prescription or renewed her prescription. But I was feeling in the mood and we were getting ready to fool around. And she told me like, hey, we don't have condoms. I'm not on birth control. She said, if I get pregnant again, I'm not going to be able to finish school. I'm going to have to wait and do a baby thing, and do another mom thing, and I don't want to do that. But I know her buttons, and so I kept pressing her buttons, and eventually she was turned on enough that we did. We had sex, and she got freaking pregnant. And what happened with her was she felt violated in a way. Like, it was consensual. I didn't force myself on her at all. I was definitely playful, I didn't listen to her though when she said she didn't want to and I I didn't think that she would actually get pregnant. Like I know biology and how, you know, that happens. Pregnancy is a byproduct of sex. But from her perspective, she had started saying things to me that equated to like being raped and taken advantage of. Which again, that's not where I came from. That was not the intention, but I didn't honor her boundary. And she did get pregnant. So after my son was born, 
I, even though I knew the truth that, okay, this happened and her and I had sort of worked through it up to this point, I had this shame of this child is here, this person's here who's mine now that ruined part of my wife's life. Not that he did it, not that the baby did it, but the fact that she just got pregnant, had to have another kid. She put off school. She was still working. I was still working. And it, it, was, it was awful. And so I took that into my relationship with my son where I couldn't bond with him. I couldn't rejoice over him. I couldn't just be proud of being a dad and invest in him because I felt like I was investing in something bad because of how my wife ended up getting pregnant and then how the shame and what she said had bled over onto me because of it. And at the same time, you know, I didn't know how to be a man at this point in my life. I was still going through very, very dark things like clinical levels of depression and anxiety. And so I was very, very down on myself and then add to it the shame and my wife looking at me like I raped her and then knowing now that I have a son, I have a child that that I'm not caring for the way that I should be. And you guys, this is, like I said, it's going to be raw. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not pulling punches. I mean, it was to the point where, you know, my daughter, who was more than two years old, if she was hungry, then I would feed her first and I wouldn't feed him first. But he was freaking a baby. He was six months old. And... You know, if he needed attention, I wasn't there for him. I didn't, um, I didn't care to, to embrace him on that level, you know, and, and how am I supposed to raise a man? If I don't know what that is, how am I supposed to rejoice over his life when I didn't listen to my wife and she ended up getting pregnant because I just wanted to have sex. And so I would push him off. And, you know, there were, there was a few times where, you know, he would be crying for me and I would just very coldly, very emotionally detached, just kind of take care of it. Like it was a task, not like he was my actual son. Hey, what's up, Mark? Thanks for joining man. And so You know, he was about six months old and I was at the point where I just couldn't keep going this way. And with my daughter, like I've shared with you guys for her, I didn't know how to be a dad, but I knew that wasn't an excuse for not being one. So I figured it out. And I I met with a gal through our church. Her name's Penny. She was like a mother figure and a mentor to a lot of us young men in the church And I just told her what I was going through that, how am I supposed to raise him to be a man? I don't even know what that is. I don't want to be close to him. I don't want to care for him. I don't, I didn't feel like I loved my son at all. There was, I had nothing invested in him. I had nothing that was an emotional bond with him just at all. And you know, how am I supposed to be proud of that? And how am I supposed to bond with a person that came into this world somewhat through my own negligence and you know so she listened to me 
we talked about it for about an hour and a half, but then she asked me a question. She asked me if 10 years from now, do I want to have a son who grows up not being loved and not being cared for by his father? And of course I said, no, of course I want my son to be raised well. I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to raise him to be a man. I don't know how to heal this, this gap that was a very much a self-inflicted wound that, that now I was putting on him again, my, like my stress, the pressure, my regret, everything. I was, I was putting it on him and resisting him because of it. And she said, Greg, if you win his heart, he's going to be whatever you want him to be. And it, it just, it just clicked. It just clicked. And after that moment, whatever need he had, I put him first, no matter what I was doing, no matter what my wife was doing, no matter what my daughter needed, you know, he came first. If it was diaper changing time for both of them, I was changing his diaper first. If it was feeding time, I was feeding him first. If it was bedtime, I was saying good night to him first. If they wanted to play, then I was playing with him first. You know, and it took some time in, in the midst of this, my wife and I had to work through her pain and her frustration with me that she said she didn't want to have sex. She knew she was going to get pregnant. She didn't want to get pregnant again because it was going to take her out of college and offset her degree one more time, which would have been, it was the third time since we got married that, that our marriage and her new life had disrupted her plans. You know, so we had to have these honest conversations about, look, I, I didn't rape you. Okay, I didn't listen to you when you said you didn't want to have sex, but you can't treat me like I violated you. Because when I was, of course, I was pressing her buttons. I know what turns my wife on. And yeah, I was pressing those buttons, but it was, it was consensual. And I had to say this to her in a way that she would forgive me and let me off the hook in her own mind. Because one other thing that was happening too is, you know, what the mother goes through can bleed into the child, right? Whether it's their soul or even their spirit, like that stuff goes into the baby. And, you know, so in addition to my shame and my guilt and me resisting my son, my son also had this level of resistance to me because my wife had turned her heart off to me. And we had to work through that. She had to forgive me and change the way that she was looking at me and the story she was telling about me in her own mind so that we can heal. And you guys, I've said it before and I'm going to say it a million more times, part of the healing process through trauma, through depression, through anxiety is action. When you actually do the work that the person you want to be would do, it heals you. When you get better at being a man, you get better at being a woman, not just being a good person, but you get better at being these things, it heals you. And so when I started prioritizing my son, whatever he needed, whatever he wanted, he came first. It started to heal me. And in that fear that I had of not knowing how to be a man, how am I supposed to raise one? It started to have no place. It didn't have a place anymore because even though I was afraid, even though I still was working through the shame, even though I was still working through this, these lies that were coming and haunting me, 
I was changing. I was doing the right thing. I was handling my responsibility and caring for these relationships. And it started healing me because I was being better at being a man. You know, and then for his first birthday, I actually planned a date with him where we went up to the mountains. And this was one of the most profound revelations of God's love for me that I've had in my life, where this, this baby that I had rejected, this baby that I wasn't caring for this, this child, he was my son and I didn't love him. I didn't want to be around him. I didn't want to talk with him. I didn't want to hold him. You guys, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. But for his first birthday, I wanted to do some man stuff with him. So we went to the mountains and I wrote him a letter, even though he was just a year old. Cause I, it, look, if you don't think that children understand what you're saying on a spiritual and on a soul level, you're wrong. They get it because they have more faith than anybody else. They have a stronger faith. They know what's there, even though they can't see it, they can feel it. They intuited it. And so when I took him to the mountains and I read him this letter and I made this promise to him near this cave around a campfire that, that he was mine and that I was his and that never again would there be a time where he didn't think that I loved him, where he didn't think that I would be there for him. There would never again be a time that he was alone, that he was without his father. You know, and as incredible as it is, when I talk with you guys about becoming the person that you needed, like I needed a dad that loved me the way I needed to be loved, that that showed me how to do life, that taught me who I was, and that was there for me when I did dumb crap and wanted to go do wild things, who was just a protector, just standing by in case I needed it. And I love my dad. My dad and I are close. We're closer now than we ever have been. We've worked through a lot of stuff in our relationship and we've bonded, but he was not that person for me when I was a child. I didn't get that from him. And there's a lot of reasons that go into it, but the truth is he didn't know how to love me the way that I needed to be loved. And I was in this moment where I was about to pass on to my son the exact same hurt that had been passed on to me. It was from a man not knowing how to really love his son and not doing the work to figure it out. And I promised that I would not be that guy. So there it is. That's the whole story from the moment of my wife getting pregnant because I kept pushing her buttons and getting her hot and ready and she was willing to have sex to her looking at me like I had violated her and passing that on to my son and me identifying with that shame and with that guilt and then rejecting him because of it. In addition to having no idea how to be a man and letting that fear, that inadequacy get in the way of my relationship with my son. But I started doing everything that he needed me to do as soon as he needed me to do it. And I made an oath. My son is part of my code. Now, my code is a man. He is part of it. You know, and I want to take a minute too, right before we wrap this up. Um, 
Yeah, I know a lot of you listening didn't have those relationships with your father either. And it was probably something similar to my story, right? But there came a point in your dad or your mom's life where their regret, their shame, their own interests were more important than you. And they didn't invest in you. They didn't care about your emotions. They didn't care to do the work that was needed to be done. And I just, I want to tell you all, as a father, if I, if I was your dad, I would want you to know that I'm sorry. I would get on my hands and my knees and I would tell you that it's not your fault. It's not your fault that I wasn't there for you. It's not your fault that I was too busy. It's not your fault that I didn't know how to do this. And I'm asking you, please forgive me for failing you. Forgive me for letting my own issues get in the way. Forgive me for believing the lie that I didn't need to and the lie that I couldn't. And if you guys have kids, you need to be honest with yourself right now. How much of what I went through, how much of what I just shared with you has existed in your own relationship with your children. And no matter how old they are, no matter how long it's been, it needs to be made right. They need to hear you say sorry. And if you win their heart, if you just love them, if you take care of them, if you make it about them, they will follow you. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to head outside. I got to do a workout in the freaking snow. So cheers, guys.